What's up? What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Great. Long time no see. Really, uh, I've got the hangover from the 200th episode. Wow, what a party. Let's do another 200, right, bro? Let's t- here's, to, here's to the next 200. 201. You know where you start with? 201. Yeah, 201. That's right. Uh, we got a great guest. Uh, a repeat guest, which is, you know, I think maybe he had the, the shortest uh, span between the repeats. Mm-hmm. Paul Walter Hauser, our yeah. buddy. And uh, he was here back last year in October. And uh, he's got so much stuff going on that we need to talk to him. He really does. He's blowing up, that guy. He sure is. He's in Super Troopers too, but he's also blowing up. He's blowing the fuck up. So uh, we had a good conversation with him. Let's get to it. But before we do, let's do some plugs. Let's plug it. Should we do some plugs? Plug it. We got a bunch of shows coming up, and uh, we got to get you guys out there. We got to see the Chew Crew out there. Uh, end of April, we will be in Winnipeg. That's Thursday, April 27th, 28th, 29th. We'll be at Rumors Comedy Club. Mm. Those shows. North of the border. Those shows have always been super fun. Super fun shows. And uh, those Canadians know how to laugh, man. They sure do, especially in the wintertime. The next weekend, we will meet Tacoma, Tacoma, Washington, May 4th, 5th, and 6th at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Mm -hmm. Never been there before. Never. It's our first time. This will be exciting. I hear it's a great club. It's sister club to the Spokane Comedy Club, which was a fantastic place. So if you're in that area, you've got to come see us, right? Tacoma. May 4th, 5th, and 6th. Tom Tuttle from Tacoma. And then uh, we will be in uh, North Carolina uh, in May. We'll be in Raleigh at Goodnight's Helium Comedy Club. Well, it's we, owned by the Helium people. We had this discussion last week. It, it used to be called uh, Goodnight's. I think it's still called Goodnight's. Okay. But it's owned by the Helium people. Sure. We did that club a long time ago. We did. With Broken Lizard. With, with Broken, Broken Lizard, Lizard yeah. yeah. May 18th, 19th, and 20th, we'll be in Raleigh. And then uh, in June, we will be in Phoenix at Stand Up Live, June 8th, 9th, and 10th. Always a fun stop. Always a good place. Uh, those are the shows. Go get the tickets, HeffernandLemmy.com, uh, or you can go uh, follow us on Twitter. We have links there. I'm at Rules. I'm at Steve Lemmy. Uh, and those are the shows. So come see us, Chew Crew. Always a pleasure. Uh, should we do it? Should we get on to Paul Walter Hauser? Let's get on to Paul Walter Hauser. Okay, I think you're going to like Paul Walter Hauser. I do. I know, I do, too. I do. Uh, all right. 201. Thanks, Chew Crew. Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it and this other guy Steve. Chew it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast stream. Chew it, they're gonna get chewy. Chew it, they might even get me. Chew it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. What's up, bro? What's up, bra? What's up? What's up, bra? What's up? Bra time. Locker room talk between dudes. Um, I think you're the fastest repeat guest we've ever had. And it's been six, seven months. That's supposed to be hard up. We're not, but we, we we love you, and we saw you the other day, and we were like, oh, we ran come in, summer. and like, let's talk, so let's tell the story. But first, uh, joining us on the podcast, actor, comedian, writer, podcaster. Yeah. You are a podcaster. Paul Walter Hauser, everybody. I'm clapping for, for all of us. Clapping for everything. Self-centered clap. And you brought something to chew. I brought something to literally chew on. Uh, some uh, Some pistachios. Trying oh. to make healthier choices. Not that pistachios are great. They I don't think they're fi- that healthy. Fat. They have a high fat content. Are they salted honest. or unsalted, the ones you're um, Okay, I think they're salted, to be mm. honest. <laughs> I mean, sodium. You can't go any other way. I don't, I don't respect a man who doesn't like his salt. I don't. Here's the thing. Sure. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The scary go. stuff is all the processed stuff. The scary stuff is like fast food, sure. chips, you know, sure. uh, uh, nuts. Natural, Even two natural nut salt. Nut salt, which you know we're all on board with. <laughs> yeah. 
Nut salt is, uh, isn't as deplorable. I don't no. feel as bad. No, nut salt, nut salt is a quality salt. It is. It is good stuff right here. <laughs> this is like our version of, uh, of sweaty balls. Sweaty balls, yeah. 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 Nut salt is worth its weight in gold, bro. I once got, uh, in some countries, they put in uh, Christmas stockings uh, a big bag of nut salt. Okay. And it's uh, you're supposed to sprinkle some on yourself. It's good luck, right? Your loved ones. Well, yeah, there's something like... Right. Um, there's something spiritual about it, but then you also just get to enjoy some nuts all. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? It's delicious. The best things in life are edible and spiritual. No, listen. The uh, you know, it's like cigarettes. They'd say like unfiltered cigarettes are the best ones for you. Yeah. Because re- regular <laughs> self the ones the Native Americans make right? have on the filters. There are chemicals in the filter. Sure. The other ones are good are for more you. Harmful. They're actually good for you. Well, you're getting tobacco and chemicals as opposed to just. just- that pure, good old pure American good old tobacco. tobacco. They <laughs> say an un, one unfiltered cigarette is like eating a whole melon. Really? Right? No, yeah. they don't say that. I think yeah. they might say it's that. It's like I'm eating melon with nut salt on it. Okay. I go nut salt. I'd go nut salt. I'm chewing pistachios literally. What are you guys chewing? Nut salt. Nut salt. Yeah. I, I'm chewing I, that nut salt. I haven't though. gotten there yet. Are we going to chew? Yeah, let's chew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go. Oh, he's really chewing. Mm. This is mm. so dirty to mm. hear in your ears. It really is. Stir in the mayonnaise. Stir in the mayonnaise. Mm. What are you going? You know what I'm doing? Yeah. I'm doing 99 cent ramen at, from the supermarket. Oh, really? Whoa. That's salty, too. Well, if you put the, hard the, times. It's so salty. I know. But you hard know what, times. though? But you know what, though? Yeah. Revisiting hard, the hard times. Right? Revisiting the hard times, but also, like, revisiting the delicious times, because, like, those things are so delicious. Wonderful. They're so, so salty. A- you look at it, it's like... 1,400 grams of sodium, I'll take it. It's only, yeah. it's only 99 cents. to put a baby cents. in a coma. Yeah, 99 cents, though. It's a trade-off it's right there. It's a heart attack. Yeah, but then it comes back at you with flavor, and you're like, okay, so you're paying me back. You're sure. killing my heart, but sure. you're not killing my pocketbook, Sure. and you're killing me with flavor. Sure. Pocketbook? You just aged yourself, but I like where you're going. Yeah. Pocketbook. Yeah. Pocketbook. Yeah. Male pocketbook. You hit me right in my pocketbook. <laughs> sure. Sure. You guys don't carry around a pocketbook anymore? No, no. I carry around. Someone gave me a money clip as a joke. Yeah, because you I use it. He uses money, and I, I actually use it now and like it. It Here. was kind of okay. my uncle gave me a money clip, but I, I'm not a money clip guy. I don't. I don't carry. A I, wallet. Ca- I bring my wallet around. I carry this clip. I don't put it in my oh pocket. My it's a credit card and money clip. Mine okay. isn't as nice as that. Mine. Mine is a joke given to me by Matt Laurie and his wife Michelle. It says Playboy on it, oh, and uh, it was a joke. You are. And I, because you are a playboy. Why is that a joke? Players got to play, guys. I know, right? I don't know if you carry around a briefcase of money. Okay, so let's tell that story. Money in the bank. So, this is this is the thing. We're uh, Kevin and I. We're walking to the airport. We're going to San Francisco. We're going to San Francisco this past weekend. Actually, you and I. You and I were in separate. Separate. Places. We had the same experience. Yeah. Right. So it's like walking through the airport. We see this guy in the distance, right? And it's like he's wearing a ridiculous was, outfit. We're like what? Who? Who the fuck is wearing that outfit? Look at that outfit. Yeah. And we got a little closer, and it was like a wrestling championship belt and colorful wrestling outfit. Like, I a saw sting in LAX. I saw this guy. I saw this guy. Like from my vantage point, it was yeah. We were in LAX, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this fucking dude?" <laughs> two of them. There were two of them next yeah. to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, "He looks familiar," and right. he was looking right at me. Right. And thinking the same thing with me because he hasn't seen me since I shaved a mustache. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we were both feeling each other out, and, and then it was like boom. It sure. hit us at the same time. Sure. Hey. Hey. What's up? It's PWH. Yeah. I saw the gray hair and I go, it's Steve Lemmy. Yeah, that's it's it. definitely Steve that's Lemmy. <laughs> no, when you see the gray hair, that's like, that's when people don't recognize me. Oh. Because usually it's all, you know, 
Right. I take care of that shit. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Pubes. Oh, yeah. Great pubes. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Luckily, I don't have great pubes. Oh, yeah, right. I'm still – no, I'm still in the stage where it's like – I have no pubes. One is going – I mean, I don't have pubes, but like when (laughs) I do – Beautiful man. What a great guy. But when I do, they're brown. Okay. Hard brown. Dark brown. Hair's black, but – hair on my head's black, but my uh, pubes are brown. You you one of those guys? Uh, I mean, my carpet pretty much matches the curtain, except <laughs> okay. for the gray. There's no gray down down oh, below. Good for you. Except for the tattoos. Okay. <clears throat> you stumped me on that one. What tattoos? What? What? You're dick. I'm always I'm always terrified that if you're like like a tattoo can be such an alarming thing where if you if you were hooking up with someone, hmm. I'm sorry, but coming intimate with someone. Let's keep it clean. Yeah, come on. Yeah, really. When you and another person are becoming intimate, mm-hmm. yeah, and you're totally on board. But what if a tattoo just took you off guard, like a tattoo that you're not okay with? That's a like a swastika. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's like, like the extreme. A, another extreme. dude's girl's a swastika, yeah, or even yeah. like a poster this of a Frank's giant Cusack pussy. film you don't like. <laughs> no such thing. What if, what if a woman? No such thing. What kind of with a woman? She's just got the one sheet for the Raven that Edgar Allan Poe movie. That giant <laughs> Would you still? Would you still? Yes, I drive would. into the parking lot. Yeah, I would think it was cheeky. You can't deter. Oh, that that would Schwastica, actually. There's no Schwastica, There's nothing you can do about no, that. No, there's no excuse for that. I, I actually you can turn had, a blind eye to the Raven. Though. I had an experience where I got turned off by it. It was a, a tattoo. Uh, a tattoo. Okay, yeah. What? It was. Um, I got down there. He's uh, talking about her feet. Down where her toes? Yeah. Ankle tattoo? Yeah, I was uh, a shoe salesman, and I was measuring her feet. <laughs> okay, okay. No, no, I got I got down there, Yeah. and, uh, you know, the panties got uh, pulled off, and there was a spider tattoo. Okay. Oh. And it looked like a real spider, and you got scared? Yeah. <laughs> I ran out. <laughs> no, but I, I was like, why would you put a spider tattoo on? Maybe she's like Spider-Man. I Maybe don't... she had something bad happen to her. But yeah. you know what, though? It's like, it's just like, it's suddenly, I was like, I don't... She really? suddenly became like off. it became a dirty a dirty place. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like <laughs> it was like a haunted forest. That. It's not like she had a picture of garbage down there. She had a spider. I, you know, how well <laughs> would you like that if you went down and there was like there was a tattoo of a garbage can? A garbage can with Oscar the Grouch coming out. <laughs> well, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. I'd like that. <laughs> then yeah. Then we're in a couple of a couple of eyeballs. Sure, we're all trying to support PBS <clears> right now. No HBO sure. bought Sesame yeah. Street. That's the it? thing they keep they keep Whoa. saying saving Big Bird, but Big Bird's on HBO now. Yeah, so I don't know. He's gonna start showing his tits. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Which I think we've waited long enough. We yeah. have been. It's I time. Have. Bird tits. Well, you saw me being a five year old in LAX. I was coming so, so we're walking here. through, and there he is. We make I kind of see this guy. He's in this ridiculous outfit, and then you realize it's Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. Now the outfit to describe. The first thing is a garish outfit, a loud outfit. Garish. Wow. That's a good with word. A, um, with a large championship uh, belt. Wrestling belt, right? Yeah. What, yeah. Was that? What, was the, what was the belt? The world heavyweight title from the late 90s Attitude Era. Okay, the Attitude Era. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. The and, one Stone Cold and The Rock had. Okay, got okay. it. And a briefcase, carrying a briefcase that says Money Bank on it. <laughs> money in the bank. <laughs> it was Money in the Bank? Is that what it said? That's what it's called. Okay. I just saw the words Money and Bank. Right. Those are the big. Those are the big words. Right. Yeah. Here, I, and there was money inside of it. There was uh, ninety nine dollars, right? In that, literally ninety nine one dollar bills and a bunch of toys and a wrestling belt. <laughs> yeah. Now, then the the t shirt was bright red that said WrestleMania. Yeah. I'm not sure the the Roman numeral is obscured here, so I yeah. can't see which which WrestleMania was. That was this a WrestleMania twenty six okay. from Phoenix. This was thirty three this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, so and so the 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 big picture is you were on your way. You were on your way to WrestleMania. I was on my way. You went, way you to, went to WrestleMania. I right. went to WrestleMania 33 in Orlando with my okay. good buddy and podcast partner, Keith Blomberg. Okay. And we had a gall darn blast. 
And you guys do a podcast. You guys do a wrestling podcast, or do you guys just do a, po- a podcast? It's a wrestling general? podcast yeah. that has like a comedic take on everything. So it's okay. um, we like to think of it. It's very similar to like the way Bill Simmons will just talk about sports with friends. We're just kind of talking about wrestling. With okay. Friends. Okay. And, uh, okay. That's great. And we got to do a little bit of work in Orlando. Like, And who some... funds this? You guys are out of pocket, though. Out of pocket, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But how'd you get tickets to WrestleMania? We just bought them early enough. We did one okay. of those packages where it's all-inclusive with the hotel. You got a press packet or press, press, press? Uh... No, we're not We're not swinging that long yet. Um, they don't you, know about you guys. But, but you do but something year. with actual guys who are wrestlers, I, right? I wrote for the network, yeah. Got I wrote it, for okay. the uh, the Edge and Christian show on the WWE right, right, Network. Right, right. So I'm familiar with some of those guys. I'm friendly with some of those guys. Yeah. And I have a contact at, like, WWE Corporation. Did they get but, you into um, the big parties down there? Or what? No, I didn't, I didn't really... Do, you know, I was also reticent where I'm like, I'm dressed up in all the garb and I kind of look like a fanboy or a mark <laughs> as they call it. Yeah, and I was like, mark. man, I don't want to, I don't want to mark out in front of these fucking guys. Like when I, but when I hang w- out with them, I want to like feel like a, a normal yeah, adult one of the guys. an equal. What is the, what's the de- origin of, of the term mark? Like, is it like a mark? Oh, that's an easy mark or it's the name mark? I think it's, uh, it's the first one. I yeah, think it's like, um, yeah, an easy mark and, and sort of. They get annoyed by the people that think they know everything about the business or about what they do for a living. Like the people okay. that say, you know, the people that say it's fake. It's like, well, of course it's fake, but stunt men and women go home with bruises and cuts yeah. and sure, they might crazy. adapt sciatica or, a, you know, an eye twitch or something like, sure. you know, yeah. the, the, uh, the peril is real, but the event is staged for certain. You know? Yeah, that's fine. But, that, yeah. that, but I watched a few of the matches, which I'll talk to you about, but, you know, I mean, there was some high flying shit going on there. That some wild things. You know, so some cool moments. It was uh, fun. But you brought other clothes. I mean, you didn't wear those. Of only those. Well, no. no I his other out- he, he told me about some of his other outfits, which uh, he, he's because I, I was like, "This outfit is fucking ridiculous." He's like, "You should see what I'm wearing tomorrow night." I dressed up as Kevin Owens one night. Oh, Kevin Owens KO. is one of the uh, is yeah. the current. Uh, he won United States champion. He beat Jericho. Chris Jericho. Yeah. I bought a list of Jericho. That's a clipboard that Chris sure. Jericho carries yeah. around. Where, you made uh, the list. If you're on his like shit list or whatever, he he goes. So so say some wrestler like bumps into him in a hallway or something, and yeah. the camera's on them. He would turn to that wrestler and pull out his pen, and he would go, "You know what happens? You know what happens to guys who bump into me in the hallway?" Steve Lemmy. You just made the list, uh, and then everybody did, goes. Did nuts you want and me to say what happens? Because you were looking at me, I wasn't sure. I was oh no, I was just—it's no, no, no. that—it's uh, yeah. that anticipation that they draw. Sure. You know what? That's fucking sweet because, like, I think that would be awesome. You just sit around. You're like, I need a gimmick. What's my thing gonna be? Oh, I'm gonna have a shit list. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually gonna carry it around with sure. me. And if you fuck with me, I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna sure. write your name down. It's like but Jericho's great, like sequential, but I mean, awesome. I mean, Jericho's been around for yeah. what twenty. Five years oh, or something. Man. I mean, he's yeah, been around quite for literally. He's like forty-five years old now. He's been. Around. He's a podcaster. Yeah, he's a podcaster. Yeah, but he's got. Podcast. He's a. He's also a great performer. Like I, I like his persona. He's a yeah. very funny. You know, he, he plays it well. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, I think he's got a funny thing going. He's funny. He did and some Kevin Owens is stuff. kind of like you know. The young Jericho. Yeah, way. yeah. You know he's I mean? kind of got a comedic spin, but also can be a total monster. He's got a weird accent, though. Like, what's his voice? It's very much like. Canadian or something, or what the it's hell like is that? French, heavily French Canadian. It is like a um, Montreal, very Quebecer, you know. Yeah. But just slight to the point where you're like, "What? This sounds fucking weird." His mm. voice. The inflection yeah, yeah. sounds weird sometimes. Yeah. Mm. All right, up. so you go down there, and what did you? Did, you were down there on Thursday. The event was on Sunday night. 
Yeah, we. What'd did, you do um, all weekend down there? Do they have events and stuff. We did one of these access things where you go, you show up, and they have people doing autograph signings, and they have the wrestlers, actual wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So like, we met Scott Hall, who was Razor Ramon in the WWF days, early to mid nineties, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, he did a little plug for our podcast and said, nice. "Hey, yo, I'm the bad guy," or you know, said whatever his quote was, and then. Uh, we got to meet some people. We got to like see actual wrestling matches really close, like in an intimate setting, like they have. And who's wrestling? Is it the uh, the kind of under, the? Uh, it's kind of like the, the um, next kind of guys or whatever. Yeah, NXT. It's like yeah. the up and coming people. So they're showing yeah. you some like like practice matches or like essentially how do they build and, and, them as as like uh, as uh, friendlies? They they build them as like. Uh, like these are the up and coming guys and they're having matches that are exclusive to you. So like they throw in a lot of comedy to these matches cause it's not televised. So they don't take yeah. themselves as seriously. Yeah. So you have guys like there was a thing where guys ran around the ring and they do the 10 count when you're outside the ring. Right. And they it's like one, yeah. two and the rest counting. Well, the fans just kept saying 10 for every number yeah. just right. to throw them off. Yeah. So we're all yelling 10, 10. <laughs> and each wrestler is coming back in, and instead of fighting, they look at each other, and then the other wrestler pulls the ropes down for them. Then the other wrestler hops out and does like a lap, like a victory lap as everyone chants 10. <laughs> and, uh, and it was like ridiculous, silly stuff that they know we're going to pop for and get excited. And sure. is this like uh, in the ballroom of a hotel? Oh, this is like a, like a convention center. The, okay. I think it's the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando. Because the, the actual event was in the Citrus Bowl, which is yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's 100,000 people. people there. It was, it was like I watched, you know, I watched a bunch of it with my kid, and it was like, oh, holy shit, look at all this. You know, it was it's great. Huge. It Just was, to run uh, to the stage. Like the that entrance the stage, ramp is gigantic. It's, it's very quarter yards. mile. Like they, they would come out and make their big entrance on the stage. Yeah. And then there's a ramp that was 85 yards, and they had to fucking run it to get to the stage. The ring. Do you know the word I would use to describe that? Yeah, spectacular. <laughs> it was because it's a spectacle. Because well, you see, like them run, to, like John Cena would run hard down and jump, and you're like, by the time he's up there, he's fucking breathing before he's even resting. Yeah, because yeah. like, he can't breathe. Because those guys don't do cardio. Let's face it, they don't do cardio. Cena does cardio. Just they just lift. They just eat they protein, protein bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the oh, fi- speaking of which, I got something for uh, your son. Oh, good. Okay, what would you oh, get? Wow. Your son son? Is a cool name, by the way. Remind me his name. This is Buck. Buck. That's right. Yeah. I met him on the set yeah. of uh, of Almond Benefits too. Of ST two, um, Super Troopers too, bro. He was such a sweet. That's kid. where we worked with Paul little, Walter Hauser. Uh, I got him a Roman Reigns glove that oh. makes noises. Oh, oh look at that! Yeah. So that's like his theme music. He loves Roman Reigns. And then, uh, whoa, that's that little. That sounds like something cocking click. Which, by the way, when I had this on my carry on. And it made that shotgun click a couple times on the flight. Yeah. Really awkward. <laughs> Wish it hadn't happened. What is that noise? Um, oh, this is so nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's Buck. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If you, if you learn that Buck got in trouble at school because he had that on his arm and he hit someone with it, would you feel bad or good? No, it's part of growing up. You get hit, you hit people. As long as it doesn't develop into a thing. I feel like Kevin's a pretty good dad, though. Yeah. He'd, like, he'd corner him, give him the business, well, he wore cut his, a promo. He wore his Roman Reigns t-shirt when we watched WrestleMania the other night. So. And, uh, Very nice. But Roman Reigns is a good-looking dude. Like, Roman Reigns is a, is, is a future action star, I feel like. I, well, like I, a porno I, Jason Momoa. He really is. He really is. I, I think he's maybe a better-looking Jason Momoa. You know what? Come on, say that. He, he uh, should be Aquaman. And by the way, let me just <laughs> say this. For Kevin Heffernan to say that... I, is I like a big Jason deal. Momoa. He he, he <laughs> loves Jason Momoa. I do love Jason Momoa. I watched that that uh, sh- uh, two episodes of that show that he did on oh, the uh, Trapper show. Yeah, the where he was the walking through the woods for an yeah, hour without a, yeah. without a shirt on. With long I watched hair. just just for him. I watched. We had we had Frontier a, is called I think Frontier. Yeah. We had a thing where like one time we walked on the plane. I got on first. Ke- like Kevin was 
doing something, and so I, I was. I'm a. I like to board as early as I can possibly board on right, an airplane. Same. But I saw I, Momo was sitting in first class. Yeah. And I texted Heffernan. I was like, Conan is on the plane. <laughs> Conan. <laughs> and sh- and like I saw Heffernan get on the plane, and he like he locked eyes on him, and then he looked at me, and, and he and I were looking at each other, and he yeah. was, he was flushed. Well, because when I got on, his wife was next to him, Lisa Bonet. Whoa. She was on the. She was sitting next to him. Yes, as long she as was. we're dropping names, yeah. I was on a flight once, yeah. and Rob Deerdeck was in first class, and okay. I was on Rob Deerdeck's show, Ridiculousness, on MTV. He found a video. His people had a video of me when I was sixteen, doing a comedy sketch. Okay, that was like planned. Where like I planned to like climb a branch of a tree and have it break, and I'd fall, and it would be like okay. a silly thing. But they didn't play it that way. They played it like I was some inbred like idiot. Okay, falling okay. out of a tree, okay. and it's gone viral a couple of times on like E Bombs World and shit. So he he plays this, and him and his like friends make fun of me. Yeah, right. and uh, and I was kind of annoyed by it. Where they're like, I have like a, a BB gun in the in the video, and they say something like, "Oh, he's probably hunting for hot pockets," and like you know, fat Joe. Sure, sure, sure. So sure. when I saw him, I just went up to him in first class, and I'm walking to my economy, whatever. I'm like, "Hey, man, just want to say uh, that video of the guy that falls from the tree. You said he was hunting for hot pockets." I go, "Yeah, that was me when I was 16." And he looks at me and he goes, dude, can I get a picture with you? That's like one of my favorite videos I've ever done. My friends all know about. And and instead of like, I wanted to like kind of like scare him a little bit. Instead, the second he's like, can I take a photo? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I totally dropped the facade. Now, let me ask you a question. Because like just this weekend, somebody was like, told me, you look like Rob Deerdeck. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And they were like, you don't know who that is? Do you think I look like this Rob Deerdeck guy? You look like you could be his brother who, like, made less mistakes. Mm. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a nice thing. What does that mean? You look like you have your shit together. Rob Deerdick looks okay. a little bit like he huffed paint for a while. Okay. But he's a, but he's a, I'm sure he's a good dude. He's, yeah. he's got a, his sure. own, like, entrepreneurial, like, enterprise that he's done with, like, skateboarding and video. Sure, sure. And, you right. mm. But you, I think you're a little more handsome than Rob. Hey. Well, Paul. But not as handsome as Roman Reigns. Who is, though? You're, like, is, right? you're like Ryan Deerdeck, who's, like, yeah. got a ranch and his wife is content. Sure. Yeah. I'm with you. No no pain huffing. Let's look at this guy here, because he's, this uh, Roman Reigns was, uh, yeah. he's on a TV commercial now where, like, a woman's looking at him through the window. And he's, but he's like playing with his like little girl, his daughter, or something like that. Okay. Have you seen that commercial? Know, I oh, I have seen that. Yeah, I seen that. but he's funny in it. He's good. I mean, isn't he somehow related to The Rock? Wasn't that, isn't that the point? Like yeah, he's, he's part of that uh, that Samoan dynasty. Thing? Yeah, they're all from the same. He's lineage. Samoan. This guy. Yeah. yeah. Is Momoa I mean, Samoan? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, bet they call Momoa from Momoan. Samoa. He's Momoan. I threw a St. Patrick's Day party a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And I bought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies and set them out like. As like a treat for everyone, and we had Samoas, and I ate like half the package. Dude, Samoas are so good. They're good. They're so good. Yeah, they're they're, they're almost too good. That's why he's eating nuts today. What's where that? did you sit at WrestleMania? Where was your? Where was your? Did you guys? Uh, did you sit nearby? Did you? Because I saw guys way up in the fucking top row. Were you? Well, that's where we were. But then we sold those tickets because they're part of the package. We sold those ones oh. and bought closer ones for like maybe eighty bucks more. It wasn't okay. that bad. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, what is a ringside seat to a WrestleMania? Got to be a lot, right? Cost. Oh, Although they have a I lot of Yahoos that stand around and, on purpose, like they have people, yeah, that that stand and like ah, yell shit, so that it's not like a boxing match where people are seated around the ring. Oh, so like standing. So they actually I mean, put people in those seats. No, those are purchased. I mean, those are yeah, like yeah, yeah. those are like people drop probably. 
what we would drop on nosebleeds for f- like 400 bucks, 350 bucks, mm-hmm. you could get ringside for maybe between 900 and 1200 probably. Mm-hmm. Damn. Something like that. That's expensive. Jimmy Fallon was front row. We saw Jimmy Fallon. We saw you know John Cena's family was there yeah. for the big moment. His, who and, does he uh, look like? His mother or his father? Uh, I, I saw his mother. I don't know if I saw his father. His mother's got great deltoids. Probably his mom. Yeah, his mom was more. there. Okay. But the first match that happened, I was like, eh, come on. And then, like, because they, the first match was this guy, AJ Styles, yeah. who's, you know, been around for a while, but he's kind of a high-flying dude. And they announced, you know, the, fir- the first match he's going against is with uh, Shane McMahon. The commissioner. Oh, yeah. Who was the son of Vince McMahon. Yeah. And you're like, this dude's going to fight the commissioner? But then it ended up being like, Maybe the most high flying. It was like a half an hour long of these guys like Beat the crap out of each other, jumping like from I don't know twenty thirty feet in the air and landing on tables and shit like that. It was a really quite a spectacle. With Shane it was McMahon. great. Shane still got and Shane's in match. his mid forties, like Jericho. Some of those guys, they they've done it long enough. And they kept their bodies in shape yeah. that they can still pull that off once or twice. He a year. did not like I like if you watch on TV. Shane was very adamant. Like he would get knocked to the ground, but and he had like a long, like a baseball type of shirt on. Yeah, yeah. And he would make sure that his shirt wasn't riding up. Like okay. you could see his <laughs> a couple times he'd been on the ground. And, and, like he's supposed to be like all oh, fucked up, but he would pull his shirt down so his gut wasn't hanging out. Oh okay. my god! And he also had he also clearly had knee pads on. He had he's wearing long pants. We had knee pads on. Sure, under the pants. Sure. And so you would see him adjust the knee pad covertly. Okay, I don't begrudge any of those wrestlers for wearing that. Neither do I, because what was happening was impressive. All that jumping around was pretty impressive. Our mutual friend, MC Ganey, yeah. once told me on the set of Kingdom, which, by the way, just got canceled four days ago. Sorry. Unbelievable. It was, it was um, a real shot to the wallet and a shot to the heart. And w- when were you scheduled okay. to reshoot? I, mean, did we, 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 I was going to go back in the fall. My characters got like um, okay. a crazy storyline where they didn't... I thought they were going to kill me off, and they... they well, I shouldn't give anything away, but they basically left it open. Because season three hasn't has hasn't no, it starts yet. airing May thirty first, so we got some time. But oh, so on the set of Kingdom, MC Ganey pointed out Matt Loria walking to set, and uh, Matt's shirt was like ruffled where you could see some of his back or his ribs. And MC goes, "You see him? You see him, Hauser? Guy like that? He never has to fix his shirt because he, he's proud of what's underneath it. Guys like you and me in a scene." We'll be in the moment, but we're not really in the moment because we just fixed our shirt to like uh, <laughs> to cover ourselves up. Just right. like and, but I remembered that, and I thought like, yeah, no, you have to be present enough to not allow your own insecurities to to bleed in or whatever. Sure, but maybe the point. character would pull his shirt down. Maybe certainly, but my character is very aloof and very uh, very not self aware, so I probably wouldn't. What if though? Like, what if you know that new season airs on May thirty first, and fucking people love it? Like, what if like. They've been loving it. I think it, it would have been cool if I'm it was surprised. on like a Netflix or a Showtime where it's got a little more visibility. But uh, but you know the show's amazing. The network did a lot for it. But uh, but unless you really have that audience, you can't really break that ceiling. Does the network have a big audience? It's, this is on Directv. It's the audience network. Yeah. It's kind of the Directv network. Seven years ago, I would have said so you yes. have to have Directv. Yeah. Now, now with streaming, it's uh, it's becoming a bit of a oh, there you go. a dinosaur, a premature dinosaur here. Yeah, yeah. Well, can you stream? You can't stream those episodes of Kingdom, or no? Can you? If you're a Directv subscriber who has, okay, so you can't Direct get it on TV Netflix online. or no, or no, nothing like oh, okay. that. Not even iTunes. I don't think. Okay. I don't even think you can find it on iTunes. Okay, soon, soon enough. Soon enough, it'll be available. But I think so. The, if it does, I mean, the issue we're all... is he was hoping that that would prevent them from being canceled. Right. Yeah. And you know, I just did this. You, you know, what's funny is I think I did this pilot when I was up for a lifetime. 
or this pilot, this podcast when I was up for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I, I said I was about chewing that. my dialogue yeah. as we did the outro, and I ended up booking that and yeah. uh, had a blast for three weeks in Vancouver. And shooting that was that like show. a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, it was like a Shakespeare adaptation where they're trying to do like cabin fever meets Shakespeare. But was it called Midsummer's Midsummer Nightmare? Midsummer Nightmare. Yeah, and what, uh, it was an updated like a modern day version. Yeah, it was no? like a modern day version told as like a. A dark, uh, twisted, like love triangle story, and it was okay. a, it was, it was a really interesting script. The cast got along like crazy. Like everybody was just in love with each other. We did laundry together. We worked out together. <laughs> we got high together. Like we did, That's we great. did everything together. It was so fun. But uh, the show didn't get picked up, and now they're oh, doing that. Well, now they they're air? doing that thing. Never air? I don't know. They're tr- they're trying to like they're trying to pitch it to everybody else now because they sure, sold sure. the material. Yeah, but that always feels kind of like uh, yeah, get a second crack. Damn, like it's good. Sad, fruitless thing where yeah. like how, stink who on. the hell's gonna grab it? Yeah. yeah, we've been in that situation lots of times where you're taking your project. Someone <sighs> said no, and now you're taking it around to see if someone maybe will say it's yes. a very easy pass, regardless of yeah. what the material is. I'm yeah. now of the mindset where I'd just rather create something new. Yeah. I know, but you know, here's the thing, though. Because like, somebody, people, I, I talk to people not in the business about that, and they're like, "So wait a minute, you spent a year working on this thing? Oh yeah, and you shot it, and now they don't want it, and now, it's, or it's a script. You you spent years working on the script, and now people don't want it, and now you're just going to put it on the shelf? Yeah, going to going to scrap it, do something new. <laughs> that's that, but that's that like TV pilots, you know. Yeah, whatever. that's that crazy mentality that you have to adopt to do whatever the hell it is we do, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just wrote my 16th feature, which nice. I, I wrote with uh, I wrote for Eric Balfour, who, yeah. this actor okay. I met on the set of Midsummer's sure. Nightmare. We sure. just palled around. He read two of my pilots, a comedy and a drama that I wrote, and he's like. We have this documentary called Psychopath. It's like an American movie that like Wisconsin-based sure, you know, yeah, filmmaker yeah, yeah. doc. Yeah. He's like, it's like that, but with a haunted house in Oklahoma. He's like, would you want to watch it? And if you dig it, would you want to take a stab at writing an adaptation of it? So I watched it and loved it. Yeah. And I spent eight weeks developing that and writing a first draft. So uh, so that that's like an exciting, like one of the many maybes we all have floating around. Sure. You know? And then what? Ha- now what do you do? Is Eric going to be producing it and acting in it? Eric's going to direct it. Oh, okay, and uh, and uh, our buddy Alex Smith, uh, Alex P. Smith, is going to produce it, and then they want me to act in it. Though I don't even know if there's a part for me. Yeah, um, you wrote it, dude. What are you talking about? Maybe yeah, I probably know. should have been more mindful of that. I mean, it was an adaptation to a documentary, so I didn't want to like cloud it with fabricated stuff. I had to stick pretty close to sure source yeah. material. You sure. know, there's always room for one more. Yeah, always room for one more. Right in that cameo. character. No, it's been fun. I lo- lo- writing keeps me sane, man. It's yeah. like one of those things that even when you're not excelling, just doing it is its own. Yeah, yeah. well, there's there's nothing like you know hit writing the end or hitting the oh. period on that final page of uh, you know a hundred page screenplay. Yeah, man, it's a cool feeling. And yeah. the other thing is like of these screenplays that you've written. I mean, they're they're there now. You have them, and there will be a time where, like all of us, our careers. Kind of ebb and flow, and you have really hot moments, and then yeah. those hot moments to have that material and be able to you know break it out and try to capitalize at that moment. It's a it's a way to go. Yeah, it's the way to go. Momentum's important. Yeah, you know. No, it's entirely true. Let's uh, let's let's talk let's talk recent stuff. Yeah, I want to talk about this. Um, I want to talk about this uh, this new movie that you did. I, I love it. Really, oh, man. Really high profile flick you did, bro. Uh, so it's the I Tanya, right? I Tanya, which is the Tanya Harding story. Yeah, it's a it's like a concentrated biopic about um, Tanya Harding's painful, tumultuous, uh, but darkly comedic upbringing. 
<laughs> her work in the uh, the figure skating world, her sort of love story with Jeff Galuli. Yeah, and, and Tanya Harding is played by Margot Robbie. Now, yeah. so so this is going to be a theatrical movie. Yeah, Miramax already has the distribution, the the foreign sales rights are, are already sold, all that stuff. Like it's it's set in stone to to hit like twelve hundred to. I mean, she's one of the most sought-after actresses in Hollywood right now. It's amazing because I I would think, like, you know, if I I was a writer and somebody said, you should run it, you write the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan story, I'd be like, well, that's a lifetime movie, it's and there's more. That's what everybody told the writer. There's the no writer, way. Steve Rogers. Yeah. Everybody was and like, was "Why are you doing script, this?" Right? Yeah, it was, it it was, was a blacklist, a... blacklist script, yeah. and, and everybody, people chased it. Very famous people, equal or higher. To Why Margo is that? Chased because it. the script was so good. Because it was the script was so good, and also, and he was I, beating I a bunch a of people to it too. Director, I mean, Craig Gillespie, right? Who, who he wasn't. Stars in the Real Girl. Right? Yeah, which, and which is incredible. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. And and that's sort of his favorite movie of his own, and he's like, I want to get back to that. Yeah, He's had a great career doing studio films that are actually pretty well-received, but it never really scratched that itch that he really scratched on Lars because it was that intimate, quirky, mm-hmm. low-budgety thing. Yeah. And he's doing it again with this. And they had, they had this brilliant guy named Rich who was just like splicing up assembly cuts of all our scenes in real time. So anything I shot on a Monday, I would go watch at the monitor with Craig on a Wednesday. So I've yeah. seen a third of the film already, just assembly, and it's... That's, that's right. So cool, but I think Lemmy. I like Lemmy. What he's saying is like you would think that it would. What makes that movie rise to the level of an A-list versus book versus it, being a, a television movie? It's a, it's a sensational story, and you know I think one thing that's similar like that is this the phenomenon of the OJ thing that just happened was that was a very high profile yeah. thing, which you would think it would be like oh that's something that you would see on Lifetime or whatever, but this is something. That won awards, the yeah. OJ thing, and I wonder if that had any effect on the perceptions of what you can do with some of that material. I mean, I think that helped speed the plow for sure, and I think this whole nostalgia-based fast infatuation, I would say, with culture right now, where we the old is becoming new again for yeah. everything, um, I think it's part of that, and, and I think these studios kind of... There's that thing of, like, nobody knows anything, you know, sure. everybody's a genius once everybody calls them a genius. Yeah, right, right, right. I think studios would look at this movie and be repelled by it, but once yeah. talent, yeah, talent. Yeah, I mean, you get Margot Margo, Robbie on there, you're like, okay, and that's what happened. Margot yeah. signed on before Craig, and then everybody okay. wanted to work with Margot, but Craig and her gelled. And Craig is so, I didn't know how visual this guy was. Like yeah. when you see these skating sequences, it's like, can Margot skate in real life? Uh, yeah, she she took the actual. Like skating lessons with someone, uh, one of the like pros and uh, pro coaches, and and yeah, we we have like stunt doubles in and out and stuff because you can't you can't afford to. She sure, bangs sure, up her sure. knee and no, all sure. production were fucked. Yeah, like so. like the real Nancy. Sure. Well, yeah. now is is it being played for comedy or is it being played straight? Because there is a way you can go with it, which right. is like you know again, it's the it's I mean, the movie look, of the week, kitschy stuff. I read it and I died laughing. I read it like three times before I got the part. I was having a blast reading this. Yeah. And to me, it read very much like Christopher Guest, where you're like Parker Posey throwing a fit in a Chris Guest movie. That's how I was reading Tanya. Okay. Yeah. But then you show up on set and you're doing the stuff, and sure. it's like some of it's kind of heartbreaking. Or you know, Absolutely. I would sit by I would sit by the monitor on a day off. I would come to set on a day off. So I'm, I'm not going to stay at a Hilton. I want to go watch Margot yeah. Robbie act and eat free food. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you'd watch them do a scene, and it was like. It would be heartbreaking. Or my buddy Sebastian, who plays Jeff Galuli, he does stuff in that movie that is just like and Sebastian Stan, it's hard to watch. Who, who, yeah. uh, Sebastian Stan, who was in uh, 
He's uh, like the Avengers movie. Captain yeah, he plays uh, Bucky Barnes, yeah. the Winter yeah. Soldier, yeah. and uh, and he is he's another guy who when I he made, plays Jeff Gulley, who's the husband or the ex husband. Yeah, of Tanya yeah. Harding. People know the Tanya Harding story, right? She's the skater, and she uh, had had a had a moment, and then she was kind of on the downside, and then and then, and then she around. was up against Nancy Kerrigan, and then. It was America's Golden Girl. And then her husband and Sean Eckhart is who you play, right? Yeah, I play her, like... Who was Nancy Kerrigan's the, bodyguard. The supposed bodyguard, which was really just a favor no, no, because... Tanya Harding's you know, bodyguard. Oh, I, oh, he wasn't? Okay, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Tanya's bodyguard yeah. who was best friends with Jeff. Yeah. Jeff kind of humored him and kept him around because it's an old friend. Kind of, a, kind of a dumb guy, but also occasionally like came in handy. So they gave him the bodyguard thing as a pat on the back, but really... He was just Sean buddy. took it too far. And yeah. Like, you know, I think really they just. But Sean to... wasn't the guy who with the pipe. They hired a guy, right? No, yeah. but who Sean, Sean was the one who hired him. Okay. Yeah. Sean and I, I reached out to, because all these people are like, like Sebastian reached out to Jeff and they had drinks to talk for three hours or whatever. Right. Uh, uh, Tanya was speaking with Margo the whole way through. Or whatever. Okay. But sh- sh- I, your guy's dead. My guy's right? dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, passed away in 07, I believe. So I listened to enough interviews and did enough research that I found out one of the people that turned him into the FBI was this minister in Portland named Eugene Saunders. Okay. So I just typed in Google Eugene Saunders Portland. Found out he's a professor at a Bible college in Portland still. Okay. And so I called the school, left a message. He called me back an hour later. We talked for an hour. He told me all these details about Sean and how he... Turned him into Amazing. the FBI because he had to because okay. Sean was bragging about the hit right. openly to everyone. Sean was playing a recorded tape of him and all the guys talking about the hit, including right. Jeff. And he's like, I got to turn you in, man. This is crazy. I don't want to be a, an accessory to this. And he went to prison, Sean. He went to prison. Yeah. Jeff did too. I'm pretty yeah. sure some bad things happened while they were there. He fill in the blanks. Yeah. Um, because when they left, uh, uh, those guys were never the same, man. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, uh, I mean, you're, I don't know if this is the first time you played a real person or not. I mean, did you take it as an important thing? Did you research on what the guy was really like? I mean, I, I mean, you said like you talked to people and stuff, but was yeah, that something there you wanted was, to do? There was a little bit of research of just like um, – there was this thing Peter Sar- – I'm a big Peter Sarsgaard fan. He said, you know – Sure. When you, we went to the same high school. Actually? Mm. Yeah. He was in an improv younger than me. back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. came from comedy. Um I love that guy, and he, he's played a real guy in a number of films, and he says that when you play a real person, you can either slip into this sort of like uh, robotic caricature of them, trying to like fit the mold of this is the voice, that's the way the eyebrow looks, this is the posture, or you can try to inhabit the internalized being of so, so-and-so. Sure. And so at some point, I'm like, okay, I can try to look and act exactly like this guy, or I can try to actually figure out what's going through his head the whole time, every yeah. little bit. And that was more of the internal inform the external, and I kind of let stuff happen. But there were like little quirky things that I threw in where I'm like, I want him to be a condiment fiend. Any scene that I'm eating, I want him dipping. And he was not real. You don't know that he was, but you. But then when I talked to Eugene, he's like, "No, yeah, he used to douse everything in ketchup." Well, it makes okay. sense. So like, I got with the prop department. I'm like, he smoked cigarettes. I want to smoke. It's not in the script, but I want to smoke cigarettes. I'm like, hey, I need crazy condiments. Like every scene, we gotta like. And it, it, little things that almost didn't even matter, but on screen they'll matter to somebody. Sure, sure. You know? But yeah, so you're—I mean, you're, pl- you're playing Tanya Harding's bodyguard. So were most of your scenes with her or with the Jeff Gulley? Jeff Gulley, yeah, Sebastian Stan, who became like a homie for life. He, you got to have him on the podcast. He yeah. is—he's uh, so like funny and cool, and like when I look at him. I saw photos because he got the part before I did. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still up for the role against whoever, you know, mm-hmm. they're considering way more reputable people than me who yeah. just weren't available. But uh, but I looked at a picture of Sebastian. I'm like, 
Oh, shit. This looks like one of those guys that's going to hate me. <laughs> like, this looked like the guy <laughs> in high school like, uh, that didn't get my sense of humor. And, sure. like, would, well, I mean, he's a you know, steadily yeah, looking dude. But Luli or whatever was not uh, – he no. was not that guy. No, he's When he meets Sebastian, he's like he's closer to Woody Allen than he is like Brad Pitt. So he have, does he have the whole mullet and the sleazy mustache going and all oh, that? He looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. He And he, he lost – I gained like twenty five pounds for the role. Yeah. He lost like twenty pounds for the role. Yeah. And just like every day I'd see him in his trailer just nibbling on rotisserie chicken, almonds, some kale, and just <laughs> slamming Perrier and he's Meanwhile you're miserable. going the other way. You're Yeah, I'm just yeah. cutting cutting my arm and shoving pizza inside of the cuts. Oh, yeah. Sounds perfect. But uh, the thing I don't remember about the Tanya Harder story though, and I don't want to ruin the movie, but like the incident where they hit Nancy Kerrigan was like for the national championships, and then months later, the Olympics happened, and they skated against each other in the Olympics, yeah. right? Yeah, Tiny, this was like Tiny had a sh- this uh, was a qualifying thing. But I'm saying yeah. they didn't. So they didn't know that she was involved for was, months, and then she got to. I mean, because if you knew that it happened, then you would, she would have been thrown out of the Olympics. Yeah, well, she was eventually. She was still under investigation, so it was okay. one of those innocent till proven guilty things. And to be okay. honest, I think she had knowledge of it. But she didn't orchestrate the hit. She thought it was like death threats. According They're to you. They're going to send her letters. According to you. But then we don't know. But the no, hit, no, we don't know. The hit itself know. was like the original one. It was supposed to be someplace, and right, and then were, and then she wasn't there, and so then it was like oh the guy gosh. did an impromptu hit and like kind of whacked her, but not really. Just hit her once with a baton. It wasn't even as bad as it could have been. They at one point they talked about duct taping Why? in a hotel. Wasn't that the yeah. Why? By the way, I've, Why? Seen, I've seen that scene that yeah. they shot. Caitlin Carver, this wonderful girl, plays uh, Nancy Kerrigan. It, it, it looks so much like the real thing. It's so funny. Why? I mean, that like, uh, God, that was, and, and then they did a sex tape, didn't they? Tanya Harding and Jeff Galuli? They did. <laughs> and the right? hits just keep on did, going. Did the they trailer do? park keeps rolling down the road. And yeah. was Tanya Harding yeah. there when you guys were shooting? They did. No, there, no, no, that would have been a nightmare. It's not like a favorable portrayal, right? I mean, or is it? Uh, and so, and it's it's an honest out. portrayal because this, oh, this is the most interesting part that I failed to mention. Yeah, Stephen Rogers, the writer, who's like the coolest guy ever. That guy interviewed Jeff and Tanya separately and got their accounts of the story. Okay, so the film plays from the perspective of the two people, and you're like, you're watching them. You're watching us navigate the narratives and making up our mind as an audience. So nothing that is in the film isn't something that was said by them. So they can be upset, but really, you you, you dug your own grave. You told them the details. And, and I, can't, I can't remember. Did you say? Did Margot Robbie actually meet with Tanya Harding? Did you say? Yeah, that? Oh, oh, she yeah. did. Okay, Sebastian Mello, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. And they they you know they're both both people are very endearing, but also like. It's uh, it's sometimes an untrustworthy narrator. You don't know. I you guess. Know, you I mean, it's Tanya Harding. I mean, it's like the shit. I mean, they did the sex tape. And then she became a boxer, and she oh, like celebrity that. boxed like Paula Jones, and she and she got had beat, all these ridiculous she got beaten up, things. By the way, she got just ass. about trying to trying to make money, man. When you so, come yeah. when you come from when you come from nothing, and then you taste a little bit of fame and money, it's like. Sure. She was doing triple axles though. Come on, at one point, man. Come on. Yeah, from She's triple so axles to triple man. X. Had she not? Mm. Has she not gone back to Jeff? She could still be, you know. So she went back to him. Are they? And the skating association even said like they liked how he kept her in line, and they're like, we, we think if you're going to, you know, continue on, I think you should really be with Jeff. Like, became a political thing. I think. But you don't think there's ever, you think there's ever a time where she come, she, the perceptions of her are positive in society, or no? I mean, I think. 
fairly <laughs> negative, but she's also yeah. got that loyal following of people that are like diehards. Diehard what? Diehard skating fans? Diehard Johnny Hart? It's not like she's OJ. It's not like she killed somebody. <laughs> like, like no, Tanya. but that's like, I mean, that's like, oh, you take a woman who worked her entire life for something and then you're going to fucking try to break her leg to prevent her dreams. I mean, that's yeah, a, she did. That's a weird thing. But that's know? a th- her spe- her. Her satellite did. Her spectrum did. Her right. I mean, her, these guys. Her cohorts. I don't yeah. know. Sean Eckhart was a very troubled, v- at least vaguely mentally ill person that thought he was like a spy. So he took this upon himself to orchestrate something that would make him look valuable. I'm a bodyguard. Skaters right. need bodyguards. Look at this one. She didn't have a bodyguard. She right. got hit. Right. Yeah. You might need me. Like his thing was like wanting to be a sports agent, but a sports bodyguard. You know. Right. Yeah. A Jerry Maguire of uh, holding doors open and pushing <laughs> sure. off cameramen. Sure. Cleaning skates off. I mean, it's 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 a weird-ass story. That's it, it is weird. I think that's what's cool about it. That it is a weird story. And like when you even read about it now, you're like, what? what? Were you alive when that happened? What, oh, how, yeah. yeah. You were around? Okay. I was born in 86, so I think, okay. I think what when this was, was blowing like up. Early I was 90s, like, right? I was probably in second grade, and I would come home from school, and you know, we'd watch Ricky Lake and Oprah and all that you know, talk TV when we'd come home. And that was like a big story at that time. So yeah, did they didn't they have them like reunite around Olympic? Like, wasn't there something they were in the same room? How could you though? Oh, they they were on the same they were on the same uh, skating rink, right? Like practicing at some points after the hit. Yeah, it's crazy. You got to watch the thirty for thirty. Right, right. I hear that's good. I haven't seen it. It's called I think it's called the Price of Gold, and it's uh, it's really uh, it's such a fun. Informative watch. Will I see Sean Eckhart in that? Uh, oh yeah, you will. What was the audition process like for that? How many times did you go in? It was crazy. I was just about to wrap the the Lifetime pilot in Vancouver. I got the offer for the audition, and it was direct. It was like a director session. Yeah, I'm not used to going straight to director, so I was like, oh, that's cool. And I look at the material. I'm like, well, the script's amazing. Margot Robbie's starring. I love Craig Gillespie. There's no way I'm getting this. Yeah. It was just like, and not to be pessimistic, but it was, seemed a little too big for whatever I've accomplished. And uh, and then Super I went in. Too. Hmm. Hmm. I can't even say my character's name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, I went in and and just you know what I was like 13 pages off book, cool as a cucumber. No part of me believed I would get the part. I thought it would go to Josh Gad or Joan Hill or somebody. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just had a blast. I walked in was very comfortable gave the truest version of myself and tried to nail the scene and left. And it was, it was cool. It was very like, yeah, chill. And I saw guys in the room who were more famous than me, who I was just like, okay, I guess they're casting the net wide or whatever. And then, uh, like four or five days later, I had the second director session and did the exact same thing. Were they the claim it was better close? than the, something very slackery. Like I purposely yeah. like dressed in like a track suit and was eating a cookie and wearing like a beanie <laughs> cap. Yeah. Like I was trying to show them like, Look, I'm just. I came off the couch to do this audition thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when just secretly I wanted it so bad. And it was, oh, you know what? One of the reasons I got the damn audition was because of Super Troopers too. They knew me because it was the same casting office. Oh, nice. Oh, you okay. guys are part in part to thank. Oh, okay, yeah. For my visibility Venus, with the yeah. casting director. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. That's awesome. How oh, many? Awesome. Thank you. Fucking owe us, dude. Fuck that. You owe us, man. Do you? Okay. You have. Now to- I feel better about this. <laughs> This Roman Reigns that robot arm. arm. Yeah, that's yeah. just the beginning. Yeah. Just the beginning. Where's mine? Yeah. Where's mine? Yeah. Where's my gift? Where's my gift? How, how big is the part? I mean, it's, it's got to be pretty significant. It's like the fourth or fifth biggest part in the movie behind like Allison Janney or Julianne Nicholson, I think. 
And Allison Janney plays uh, uh, Margot's mother, Tanya's mom Tanya's in the mom, movie. Yeah. And I've seen clips of her, like edited scenes of her. Oh man, yeah, so good, yeah. so funny, and terrifying. Like there, she, we ride that line the whole film where it's like it's kind of like Fargo. You cringe, then you laugh, then you cringe. Like it's 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 that's the whole film. And how far through does it go? Does it cover the sex tape? No. Okay, no. so it's, it's. I mean, there's a denouement at the end where you yeah. kind of see like some of the stuff. I you think, don't see Margot Robbie boxing Paula Jones. <laughs> um, I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to show up. I've already given away. Yeah, that's. I don't have a publicist because I'm not famous. So right now, I might have yeah. said like seven faux pas about the film. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to say. Gonna that. call you up next week, Hauser. 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 You and those. Uh, Chameleon boys. You mean the lizard boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the lizard yeah, boys. I don't know what you're telling all the secrets about the damn movie. <laughs> When's it coming out? I think it's going to go to the Toronto Film Festival in September probably. And uh, oh, we already have distribution through Miramax, so it's not really a, hey, let's sell the movie thing. It's more of a, hey, let's hope that let's we made a really out. great movie and, and make some noise and buzz. Yeah. yeah. But exciting. I have the time of my life. That's super exciting. Yeah. Nothing to complain about. It was one of those settings where it felt surreal every day, showing up to nice talented people who don't complain and they treat you like an equal. And sure, yeah. It was crazy. And where did you shoot? What's up? Where did you shoot again? We shot in Atlanta, which I had never been. This guy's on his way up right here. He is on his Get way Get a look at this guy. He's on his way up. The next Delroy Lindo. Yeah, I know. You're looking you know, at you know what MC Guinea said to me the other day when I saw him? What? He said, oh, uh, you know, he's friends with Paul Wal- Walter Hauser. You know, he's like, you know who that Paul Walter Hauser reminds me of? A young Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's a pretty good huh? impression of huh? MC, by the way. Huh? That's a that's a good compliment. Huh? That's a pretty good compliment. He's like, he can be funny. He can be uh, he can be uh, serious. Make you cry. I'll well, take it. He man. can do it all. That's my. All. Yeah, he's maybe my number one. You're a triple threat. Hoffman. Can you sing and dance? Can I sing? Can I dance? Look, he's dancing. Look at I've got pistachios <laughs> in my pants. He's doing the pistachio. Dance. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. I, I, I dance for sure. You put do, if you invite me to a wedding reception, you yeah, go not. And I have uh, have a little cocktail or two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tear that floor up in half, son. <laughs> and I'm gonna invite everybody. I'm gonna get everybody on. What What are your moves though? Are your moves like uh, more of a hip hoppy dance, or more of a waltzy dance? Kind of like uh, kind of like if John Travolta took a hip hop class and uh, mm. and has back spasms. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Really? That good. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I, have, I, was in, I was in a dance team in high school. It was called Guy Girl, Girl Guy. And it was. Uh, wait, 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 wait. The dance p- team? What are you talking about? Four years of high school, I was on a dance team every fall called uh, Guy Girl. And it was the pom pom team would select like 16 to 22 like guys from the school to do a, a choreographed dance with them and compete against other schools. And okay. I was on the team. And, and, and we and won two years. How many other people were on the team? I like I said, I think it was like eighteen guys and eighteen girls about on average, okay. and uh, and like we'd ham it up and we'd add stuff. Were you we'd comic like, relief or were you like fucking John Travolta? A little bit of both because I could actually dance. Okay, and that's I, was, the I best. was very limber. I was I had that Farley thing where you're like you're heavy set but you can move. Yeah, yeah. So like you'd be laughing, but then occasionally you'd be impressed by something. Like, Whoa, what a move! Yeah. Okay, well when they bust up a fucking great move. It's incredible because you know what? Because your your expectations are low, right? Right. Which I uh, I implore all women to view me in that sense. Please have low expectations, and then let me occasionally wow you. 
<laughs> um, my, we did this great would thing. Would you where, love to see tape of that? His dance. Oh, I have it. I'll send I it would to you love guys. to oh see that. God. Missy Colon in Atlanta, Georgia. My former, our former palm coach, who I hung out with while I was shooting Itania. She has like all the footage that would embarrass the ever living crap out of. I mean, is she super psyched? Like to know that one of her guy, girl, girl, guy dancers is now in Hollywood succeeding. She's pretty geeked. Yeah, I have, a, I have a couple. I have a couple like, and I'm sure you guys have this too, where you have like. Like this theater teacher I had, Adrian Baker, and she's married. Adrian Jenkins is her name now. She um, she was like, I did like five or six plays with like under her tutelage, and now she gets to watch me on TV occasionally. So I think like stuff like that is pretty cool. Yeah, as I am with other people. I mean, there are people that I've auditioned against, and then I see them in a movie, and I'm just like, I'll send them a private message on social media congratulating them because I'm all, I get geeked over that stuff. Sure, I've seen people do all. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Did she come to the set? I don't, did she come to the set? No, she didn't come to the set, but my buddy, uh, my buddy Matt Tome, who I used to do theater with in Michigan, he came to set because he had lost his job right before Christmas and was like down in the freaking dumps. And I'm like, come to Atlanta and let's hang out and, and, uh, party and you can come to set. And he did and everybody loved him and he got to see me, uh, do a scene and stuff. It was but you know cool. what? The guy who came with you to set to Super Troopers came to our show. Oh, yeah. He's a big fan in, of you guys. Uh, Grand Steve, Rapids. Uh, no, in, uh, in uh, D.C. D.C. In Arlington. Steve Hamlin, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 he yeah. Does, he, he does merch for, uh, he's like the manager of merchandise for the Washington Nationals. So if you guys are ever in that area, let him, uh, let him hook it up. Get you some Nationals tickets or something. Get some Nationals gear, bro. But then I, I, bro. I say Grand Rapids because you're from Grand Rapids. Oh, I'm, I was born in Grand Rapids, grew up in Saginaw, which is a much okay. scarier version we were just of Grand there. Rapids. We were just there, Grand Rapids. Really? Yeah. Dude, did you guys have some uh, beer? They're really known for their beer. Yeah, beer City. It's, it's called Beer, beer City. City you know? It's also called Furniture City, also. Yeah, because you need to sit down after drinking so much? Well, no, because I guess like they have a, a suite. There's like a furniture company that has a headquarters there. And okay. So they just started calling Grand Rapids Furniture City. It's one of the few like booming cities we have in Michigan. Yeah, I'm, really, really I'm really proud of that area, actually. Those are hard-working we It was a comedy festival, the Laugh-Fest, which is Gilda's house. Puts on this laugh fest every year. Oh, awesome! And it's like a three, two or three week thing, and all these comics come to it. And oh, uh, we went to it, this. and it was a blast. We had a great time. And it's you know great audiences, like the packed audiences. And they were good. They yeah. got the jokes. They're good laughers. They come There's to all, laugh. Yeah. They're supportive. They're they're drinking. They're having a good time. But who knew the beer city? Who knew? We were impressed by that. They're, what is it? Why do they call it that? There's. I thought you're a Wisconsin guy. I mean, I have a ton of family from Wisconsin all over the place. Okay. Uh, now they're all You're scattered. You're Cheesehead, aren't you Cheesehead? I'm a big Green Bay Packer guy. Yeah, right. I root for the uh, – you know what? I'm, I became a Dodger guy because our farm team is in Midland, Michigan, near Saginaw, where I grew up. Okay. So, like, they got, like, Tommy Lasorda's, like, box seats are there and stuff. So, I'm, I because I live in L.A., I'm a Dodger guy, and then they also support Michigan with the farm team. What do you guys root for? New York. Yeah. Okay. Oh, New you're wearing, York. You're wearing a Yankee cap, of course. That's right, yeah. We got we got to take in a Dodger game, guys. I know we were over there Let's the other day. It. We were working in the area, uh, right on the corner when they had opening day on Monday, and it was crazy over there. Oh, I'm Holy sure. shit! It was people people were drinking out 10 a.m. Walking around drinking. Dude, out I'll, I'll go. Just I'm on a hot dog tear. I'm on a hot dog tear. <laughs> I've been. Uh, you know what it means? I'll tell you what it means. It's my favorite thing ever. My uh, my kids. You know, I've got a five year old and a three year old, <laughs> and they're just starting to hit their hot dog stride. Okay. Like yeah, cut them up though. Yeah, cut them up. Got to cut them up. Yeah. But like, chop uh, them. Yeah. But they both like all of a sudden one day, probably like three months ago, they both just started going nut for some hot dogs. Okay. 
And like since then, there was like, can we have hot dogs? Can we have hot dogs? Can we have hot dogs? And so we've been eating hot dogs. And I'm like, God damn, hot dogs are goddamn delicious. They're, they're not good for you, though. They're, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm going you know to get you? I'm going I'm to have actually Steve Hamling, the Washington Nationals guy, his yeah. family, the Hamlings are like obsessed with these Kogel hot dogs. It's like a Michigan-based hot dog, and okay. it's got it's got the skin, the hot dog skin mm. on top that's wrapped on the end. Yeah, yeah. And you bite into it, it gives a little snap. Yeah, we have those hot dogs in my in Connecticut. Do Hummel oh, hot dogs, gosh. which my parents I gotta send you guys only eat. I love those. They won't. They won't. They get mad like, if you eat something. Well, other you might those. throw a Hebrew National on there, and they'd be like, "I don't want this shit." You said yeah. they're called Hummel hot dogs. Hummel, H U M M E L. Yeah, but so Hummel hot dogs, skin with the little knot on the end. Yeah, they're good. Little knot on the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so I was at the Staples Center the other night watching the New York Rangers pummel the Los Angeles Kings. Oh, look out. Shut okay. them out. Okay. And I had okay. a hot dog there. It was like two feet long. And I was right. like, I, it made me start thinking of the Dodger dogs. Oh, those are great. So I would go Dodgers game. I'll just go for the hot dog Listen, and the beer. Let's find, let's find a, a night or a day game to go do a hot dog fest and get our hot dog <laughs> let's on. Let's do it. And we'll take photos. Let's do it. We'll take photos of everybody's hot dog and, and how they who could eat it. the most hot dog, who could put the most hot dog down the throat. Who would, who would be? Biting. Who's Wait, a what? who's a good who's a good like who's a good eater in the broken lizard group? Oh, man. I mean, come on. Well, although I although, let's be, be fair, I did beat Kevin in a shrimp cocktail eating contest. You did? I did. When it was, uh, we were in Denver let's at Soder's house you. watching the Super Bowl. Oh, I don't know if that was me. Okay. Uh, no, it was you. Okay. And and Soder's mom had put out like. Shit ton of sure. shrimp cocktail, sure. and you and I decided to go head to head. Okay, and somehow I beat you. Like I you folded. bowed out, but I think it's because you were just getting sick of eating shrimp. Okay, but either way, I I, I beat you in a hot in oh. a shrimp eating contest. Okay, shit, yeah. You know why? Because you're off. a fucking shrimp. Oh, oh, oh. oh. We hear that? Bada Snap! Whoa, shit. fucking jerk. Uh, tell me more about this podcast that you're doing. It's uh, it's wrestling based. <laughs> he's he, like he's like we're not talking about the shrimp anymore. Yeah, okay, he's on the shrimp. I'm not going to relive pissed. that he's memory pissed. that I'm I've suppressed. On. I'm just moving on to something new. I know he asked that question with enthusiasm. Did you hear? They went. Tell me about this podcast. That you're tell me about this podcast. So uh, tell me about this thing that four people listen to. Um, it's, well, now uh, we're going to get we're going to try to increase that right now. So thank that. you. Uh, it's um it's a podcast about wrestling, but we we also interview like actors and filmmakers, comedians, and and who's the fella you do wrestling? With? It's a guy named Keith Blomberg. Yeah. He's uh he produced for this. Uh, there's a movie called Earbuds. It's a podcast documentary that'll be on Netflix in the next couple months, I believe. And uh, Keith is just like a lover of comedy. He grew up on Marx Brothers and uh, okay. and is a huge fan of you know Apatow and you guys. Yeah. And and he's just this comedy champion who's always introducing other people to great comedy yeah. and creating content. And he and I both hit it off because we love wrestling. We have yeah. this, you know, it's this sort of like quiet infatuation that's now getting a little louder because we have a podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and we're hoping to have and you guys. And because you're walking sure. through airports. Wearing championship belts. Yeah. I, can I got wrestling. so many props for the, that belt. Dude, we, good belt. Kevin and I grew up in the time when that the wrestling was first starting to hit its its stride. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a weird thing to say. Though. No, it's not. because well, like, it was the 50s. I mean, wrestling was huge. Sure, sure. You know I mean? you but, guys, like, but Hulk Hogan was a bad guy. When we, like that Hulkamania sure. was starting to... You know what the difference is? It's branding. It's when a it's when a character becomes larger than life, and suddenly it's like I gotta have that T-shirt. I gotta quote that line. They say I gotta. You guys grew up in a time where that started to become a thing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean that was the Vince McMahon. You know, I'm not a huge Vince McMahon guy, but I mean I think clearly he was the one who um, really yeah. brought it to where it is, and that's that's right around the time that he took all, over the WWF, elevated and it. was taking it to another level. You know. And had those people like Andre the Giant and oh, Hulk Hogan and you know those guys. 
dusty roads. I mean, Tito Santana. Yeah, the Iron Sheik. But, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Mm-hmm. The, but now the Freebirds. Like, it's like a... Fabulous Freebirds. The Fabulous Freebirds. Yeah. Well, they, they were not WWF, though. They're NWA. Yeah, they're NWA. Yeah. I was a big NWA guy. I'm a big Arn Anderson guy. Tully Blanchard. I used to watch them on TBS. You know, yep. watch the, uh, the Superstation. The Superstation. You watch that wrestling on there. And that's where you saw Ric Flair. That's where I saw Ric Flair for the first time. That's where you got to see uh, Tony Schiavone get... Get like spat on by Harley Race. Sure. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the Southern guys. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say something to Magnum TA. I'm going to see you next Sunday at the Nassau Coliseum, and you better bring your boys because I'm bringing mine. And then everyone will go nuts, you know? <laughs> but it's funny, they watch WrestleMania. I mean, there, there are so many stars now. Like, there are so many big so names. Many. Or, like, they've built up so many people now to be kind of headliney type feeling people that even from the car the first match to the last match it's all name brand people it's got now. a main event feel yeah, where, remember it used show. to be like you'd see you know the guy who you don't really know and you wear yeah. the plain trunks and he would fight the star and he'd have and, just a regular name yeah 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 michael something and then that, john caraway is fighting yeah. dean samson yeah. Yeah. And, yeah but now it's like from the first match to the end there was they're all big characters with personas. I think and, that's know. tough for the roster, too, because it's like everybody's competing against each other now to that degree. But that's why they split yeah. out into the Raw and the SmackDown, right? I mean, Raw that's SmackDown, why NXT is its things. own brand, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I I guess, that's yeah. what we got to do. I got to take you guys to a match sometime. Yeah. I think they're I think they're coming back pretty soon. They, they visit L.A. three or four Who, times a year. Uh, the next guys? Or are you talking about the... Uh, all, all three of the... Oh, the yeah. Fans, I went to yeah. Raw... Uh, Raw SmackDown NXT. I went to Raw... Maybe four or five months ago, down in Anaheim. Yeah, and then like two months ago, they were in uh, state that Staples Center, but we we didn't we missed that. But uh, you know, who's it was on? fun spectacle. Oh yeah, it's just the fun. Like you know, it, it mixes so many. Th- it's so freaking weird. Wrestling is weird. Yeah, it's this like bad soap opera acting with like fight choreography, and then there's like a concert element to it, and there's inside jokes, and it becomes this culty thing. It's like yeah. It's the closest thing to maybe like what I imagine the circus used to be. Sure, yeah. Clowns and deformed but, people. And so like as a gigantic artists. fan, do you – are you uh, – like when you're rooting, I mean you know that it's entertainment. You know that the – Sports entertainment. The outcome is – I'm dim-witted but not that dim-witted. <laughs> you know the outcome is predetermined. I know they're slapping their thigh when they punch the guy. But it's fun yeah. when you're with a, like a little kid. He doesn't know. Like he's like, yeah, oh, my God. Even just but to allow yourself to suspend disbelief. Sure. But don't you think some of the people who buy like $1,200 seat in the front row, like some of them still believe that like it's – I feel like some of those guys are like really fucking into it and like – I don't know. I don't think so. I think that I think that's just like uh, – I mean it's no different than if – what are you a diehard of uh, in the world of athletics, sports, pro sports? A diehard of? Yeah, yeah. Like, hockey. what's your thing that you're like, man, if I could go to that thing, I would go to that thing. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hockey hockey or baseball. Stanley Cup or something. Yeah. Or, like, um, World Series. I mean, it's WrestleMania is kind of our World Series or Super Bowl, so it's like, even though it's predetermined, you you have the same level of interest in fandomonium, and you're going to, if if you make good enough money, yeah, I'll throw it on 1200 bucks once a year to... Right. Sit near the front row, but then the cheering, like Jimmy Fallon. Sure, but like if I go to the Stanley Cup, like I'm really cheering for my team to win. Yeah. Whereas like you're cheering, but right. you know that it's going to go one way that has already been decided. Certainly, but that doesn't matter. That's what all entertainment is. Every movie you go to, every TV show watch, it's predetermined, 
and you're sitting there rooting for John Wick. You want John Wick to fucking kick that guy's ass. It's the same thing. Yeah, what if sure. you went to John Wick on Ice or John Wick Live? Well, same thing. You'd like, still be you, getting a half, you're a half chub. And you know that it's scripted, but it doesn't matter. All the entertainment you watch is scripted except for sports. Sure, except I'm not sitting in the front row of John Wick going like, Get him! Get him! But get him! That's no, you're not. No, you're hitting, on, you're hitting on something interesting, which is, and people don't discuss this that much, but psychologically, and then literally represent, in representation, you you are part of the show. And they say that, and people think it's cliche, but like the audience is as much a part of the show as the wrestlers because some of what you do can dictate what they do. Sure. And uh, and that's where it's closer to a concert because Meaning uh, like Bruce it, Springsteen might show up and not plan on singing that song, but if 1,200 people start chanting that song, he'll be like, all right, guys, let's, let's play that song. Right. And there are those moments in wrestling where it's like yeah. you call audibles and you improvise based on the, the energy or whatever. Yeah, you going see on. Jericho do that or like Randy Orton will get up on the fucking, you know, turnbuckle and do <laughs> I mean, it is silly. Mind. Let's not act like it's <laughs> no, not no. silly. But what I love I, it. What I mean is, you know, it's like, believe me, if I like I love The Rock. I love John Cena. I've been a WrestleMania. You when love the Rock, strong guys. When The Rock comes out, I do. I like thick Strong guys. When the Rock comes out, like I'm, I'm like, get him, Rock, get, kick his ass, Rock. Like I understand that. I sure. just want to know if you think there are guys who actually believe it. Still. I bet there probably are. I mean, sure. I mean, probably. definitely. I mean, there are people that. There are people. They've been thinking we're real cops. I mean, there's you know, is that fuck? I mean, well, then like those people are crazy. Right. There are people that think that they, they can are. fly. Like Sean Eckert. Cape and Sean Eckert believes when he was alive. He believes this is. I mean, I think Sean Eckert believed that. He could be a wrestler, uh, if you will. I think he thought like, uh, I can, I can pull off these feats of strength and and intellect. But uh, do you but think he, he, would, he wished that the hitman wasn't taken because his character would be the hitman? But the hitman heart, yeah. He Sean would be, um, you know, it, it would be the it would be the bodyguard because the bodyguard is like, ooh, the bodyguard. You know, you're a strong, silent type. You don't have to say much. You don't have to grab the mic. You just get to stand there in a in a trench coat. Right. But then he'd need a tagline. He'd need a tagline like "You're you're you're dead." Yeah. What would his line be? Half. You're a writer. I don't know. Uh, Sean Eckhart's line. All right. Let's what's see. It, what's his? It'd like, have to uh, be a bodyguard line. Like step about, away. You, you come up with his line. I'll come up right. with his finishing move. Make room. Kneecap. Oh, the baton would be perfect yeah, though, because the when the ref isn't looking, right. you hit him with the baton. Yeah. Kneecap you. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's great. Mm. Pretty good. But he's the body. He's he's the bodyguard. He's he protects people. You know what it is? He'd he'd protect one of the one of the glamorous ladies of wrestling. Glow. That's a new Netflix show. Are they doing that? They're doing the. Oh, you didn't know about that? No. no. Netflix is doing the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Are they doing, series uh, based McMahon's, off the real thing with McMahon's daughter? I don't think she's involved. Rick I know. Rick daughter. I know that Charlotte, um, Charlotte McFlair. Some very talented people are involved in that. Kimmy Gatewood, who's crazy funny, who I've worked with once. She's she's one of the women. I think. I think Allison Brie might be one of the women. Oh, really? Get community. out of here, really. No, Mark really? Maron's got a recurring role who I, I love. Who's oh, so it's not actual wrestling. It's not. Oh, no, there's real wrestling. It's oh, okay. about the world of women's wrestling in the 80s or whatever that was. Okay. The glamorous ladies wrestling. Who plays Queen Kong? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> or was she in WoW? to hit that IMDb, bro. I know. What was it? It was, it was Glow and IMDb WoW? Pro, bro. Glow and Wow. Yeah. The China? Women of wrestling and then the glamorous ladies of wrestling. There were two leagues. China's got to be in the Hall of Fame. She had a little. A dark little phase of the sex tape and some and drugs. Porn, right? So I think I think porn the companies kind of distance themselves from her. But um, a lot of these people die tragically. It's a weird, difficult life, and you know they gave a lot to that form of entertainment. I hope they hope they throw her in the Hall of Fame at some yeah. point. I'm a big I'm a Tory Wilson guy. 
I think we're all Tori Wilson men. I love Tori Wilson. Do you think do women women <laughs> women talk about men the way we talk about women? Right? There are some women who are Katie? like, yeah, I'm a Neil Cavuto guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. They're a Neil Cavuto girl. Yeah, I'm a big, Fred Dalton Thompson girl. Big Neil Cavuto guy. Oh my gosh, boy, oh boy. dude, Cavoots. I like you, to cavort with cavoots. Have you seen Jake Busey? Oy vey. Right? They say that, right? <laughs> they do. There's a certain type of woman that does. I'm going for it's it. Jewish. That's Jewish women. By like the way, that's, that's the game I want to teach you guys. Yeah. The, every day on set, Sebastian, Stan, and I would do a game where we go. We pretend to be outraged by something on set. Yeah. Like, you know, faux, faux outrage every day. So we'd show up and we'd be like, they're out of Diet Coke. This never would have happened on the set of... Dante's Inferno, or we just like we throw out any <laughs> random movie, and just yeah. to try to get other people to pop and be like, "Oh, I forgot about that movie." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so we'd yeah. say, you know, oh, the set of Ishtar, they had much better crafting. <laughs> you know they did. Two foot you guys hot gotta, dogs. You know they did. Dude. We gotta we gotta go in a circle. Everybody's gotta give their version of that. So if I if I were doing it here, I'd say, oh, these uh, these sure microphones are okay, but they don't really compare to what Rupert Everett and Jason Alexander and I used in. Uh, the film Dunstan checks in. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh man, what's well, your ver- <laughs> throwing at me? Throwing at me. Let's see here. Okay, okay. Um, God damn it! There's a diving movie I want to talk about. There's a diving movie. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what it is. All right, I'll tell you this. This is what I was thinking about. Is like those pistachio nuts? Oh yeah, that yeah. you're eating. They look pretty good. But when I was shooting North Shore <laughs> with Nia Peoples, <laughs> holy fucking shit, they would pull these pistachio nuts off the trees. Yeah. <laughs> so that specific. were big enough. Like the shells were bigger than your head. That were so good. Oh, my God. I love that you they said had aloe Nia in them. They were so good. Yeah, they had aloe in them. <laughs> they were so good. What do you got, Kev? Um, well, they have this bottled water now here like yeah. this, this water. But when I was um, doing Mighty Joe Young with Paxson and wow. Charlize Theron, but not not the original Mighty Joe Young, but the you know the remake Mighty Joe Young. Oh, of course. Yeah, they put the they had the water in coconuts, like you had coconut husk. Oh yeah, and that's that's why Crafty would deliver water on the classy. Set, Mighty that's Joe why Young. they went over budget. I heard. Yeah, that's and classy. that's why it was a failure. But yeah. it's okay. I mean, you know, it's all right. You got to pick your battles. Game. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah. Uh, how that's long are we? Good Katie? game. Where are we? Good game. Oh, one oh seven. Okay. okay. All, right. all right. Should we wrap it? Yeah. We're there. Oh, I have something for you guys to chew on for the outro. What okay. do you got? You actually is it beef jerky? Look at that beautiful orange backpack he's got there. Is it a are you still uh, are you still taking the bus around or what? Did you get a car yet? No, no car yet. Did you take a bus here today? You Ubered uh, it. I took an Uber over here just because I had to go fix my phone, so I had to get here. Okay, promptly. Airplane pretzels. Got you guys some Southwest honey roasted peanuts oh, from in honor of our last run in from uh, oh from your trip from the trip. Now listen, Gate Nine. We were flying out of Gate Nine. That gate is hard to find in the yeah. Southwest Terminal. Yeah, well, you guys I, were struggling. I, I ran could, into you two before you ran into each other. Like I had a yeah. great, I had a great goodbye with them, and then I walked off into the terminal, and then I realized where the fuck is my gate? Where the fuck is my terminal? I, and I had to walk past them, back past them again. Yeah, I had, ruined my goodbye. I went all the way down to the end. It was when I was coming back to look for Gate Nine that I right. ran into Hauser. Okay. okay. Well, listen, we got we got to get a Dodger game in and get some hot dog eating in. Okay. Um, and if you want. I'm hosting a screening of La La Land, April 29th. Uh, I don't know the location yet, but if you go to streetfoodcinema.com. Street food cinema. oh, what's, the, what's the event? Um, it's just a screening of La La Land. We have food trucks, we have live music, and we show a movie in different locations every weekend from late April to late October. 
What so I've been doing that for like, like three summers. Or like a street or whatever. Oh, it's yeah. like a like a, a park in Pasadena or a park in Hollywood or okay. like a, we did it at Will Rogers Park. Like I've hosted screenings of like Almost Famous and The Shining out there. Mm. It's so fun. And if you guys ever okay. want to get in, I'll, I'll hook it up and get you and the okay. family or friends in. Okay. So check that out. Everybody okay. listening, go see La La Land April 29th. And plug your podcast. And please uh, listen to Hot Tag with Keith and Paul. You can find us on Instagram at Hot Tag Pod. You can find me at PW Hauser. Yeah. And uh, I gave up. I gave up the Twitter. I, I deleted my Twitter because I got hacked and I was very offended. Why? What happened? What they? What they hacked? I got hacked and like it sent out a billion of these messages of like me trying to sell people sunglasses or something. All right. But like it sent it to like reputable producers and people I respect, and it made me look like a freaking asshole. So. Yeah. I just do. But don't you think people know now that that happens? Yeah, I mean, like, oh, he got hacked. Paul Walter Hauser would never do this. He would never try to sell me Oakleys. Right. The whole thing is skeezy. It's like, like, you know, we tweeted out when when Bill Paxton passed away, we're tweeting out, like, rest in peace, Bill Paxton, and, like, the the Russian porn bots were, like, liking those tweets. (laughs) Like, you fucking Russian porn bots, have you no class? It's a horrible feeling. I hate when a, I hate when a bikini model from Romania takes an interest in me only to find out she's, she's fake. <clears throat> she's just a keyboard. She's just a photo. But we were lamenting hacks like we're talking right now, and then someone tweeted and was like, "Be careful." Yeah. Well, we can come after you. Well, just just to, just to be clear, Heffernan said he didn't like hackers. <laughs> we were doing a, a love well, hate. We were doing a, a love hate uh, podcast, and uh, one of Kevin's hates was hackers. And we did a whole thing about hackers, but then somebody did. They tweeted to him. They're like, "You should pick another group to hate." Yeah. Oh my gosh! Whoever, think, doesn't, no, whoever doesn't like you guys, they were being, being tongue in cheek. Yeah, they were being tongue in cheek. But it's a good point, though. Yeah, be careful who you go. Be back careful who you go after for sure. Yeah, come at you. But I'm also yeah. I'm a, like I told you, I'm a big Jesus guy, so I'm just swinging fists and just assuming I'm okay. You got, he got your back. He's you got your back. You got Jesus' big dick behind back, you, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was, that, was that was such a leap. You can that was say such that, a right? leap. Uh, you don't think he's got a big dick? I, I, I'm not going to theorize <laughs> Jesus Christ's anatomy. Definitely uncircumcised. Uh, but I'm very, I'm, yes, he was For Jewish. sure uncircumcised. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, big fan. Or, or uncirc, as oh, we say here. You got you to gotta, like, send me a picture of your kid or a video of your kid oh, punching okay. you yeah, I will. Uh, yeah. with that glove on. Maybe don't let him take it to yeah. school. I don't want him yeah. to get in trouble. Yeah, whatever. He gives a shit. He thinks it's cool. Roman Reigns, bro. All right. Um, all right. Well, I'm almost done with my nuts. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, we, Nut we salt. Chill. What are you eating on the way out? Um, you know what? I'm oh, going to eat... Uh, I'm eating something else. I'm going to eat... You say it first. You're eating the nuts salt, right? I'm, I'm eating these nuts right now. I'm going with a Dodger dog. Oh. Ketchup, mustard, pickle relish. Cold or hot bun? I'd like a hot bun, but I'll cold. take it cold. Because I'll take a cold, but when you get the heated bun with the heated hot bun. You want the hot bun. Oh, that's wonderful. When such a good marriage. When you get a cold bun, when does that happen? When you're at home and you're not thinking Put it in the and freezer. you're drunk. I see what you're saying. You mean room temperature bun or hot bun? Right, right. There is a difference. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm chewing on, uh, I'm going to chew on my dialogue in my rewrite for this Balfour oh, script. And I'm going to hope okay. that. Someone says yes to the film because we're going to go try to get attachments this nice. spring. By the nice. way, to, to you know, to your point, we were eating in Taco Bell. We our flight back from San Francisco was canceled, and so we drove back. We rented a car and drove back. We stopped off at a Taco Bell, and I was noticing on my taco that the that cheese, the shredded cheese, was cold. And I realized it's always cold hmm. at Taco Bell. Huh. You would think at this point Taco Bell would know that they should just warm up the cheese. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we it's cheese. not cheese. 
It's <laughs> probably cheese product by law. Mm-hmm. And uh, and secondly, I'm not sure they care much about any of us. Don't say that. And I'm going after Taco Bell. <laughs> you guys are going after hackers. I'm going after Taco you're, Bell. You're going to be Don't. like, you pick with the wrong people to fuck with. Yeah, that, that was such a racist first thought <laughs> improvisation. Dude, that, that chihuahua, the ghost of the chihuahua is going to be like, I'm going to get you. What did the chihuahua you say? What was the catchphrase? Uh, uh, yo quiero Taco Bell. That's right. But so he, also, be, uh, he had the great one, though, when the, he called up the CEO of Taco Bell one night. And, uh, the, you know, CEO answered the phone and he said, put nacho cheese sauce on your chalupas. <laughs> and the CEO said, what? He goes, put nacho cheese sauce on your chalupas or else. And hung up the phone. Oh. That fucking chihuahua. He'll kill you. He'll kill you. Did you know that, that, that the chihuahua is actually voiced by a character actor, Edgar Ramirez? No. It's a fake fact. I just want to put that up. It's not a real fact. It's a fake fact. It's not. He's a gringo, the guy who does Taco Bell. A very famous guy, though. This is a great podcast, but when I was on the set (laughs) of Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan, Uh, there was a much better table set up. Uh, It's funny that you say that. I was thinking about doing your podcast, but um, when I did... uh, John Cena's podcast on the oh, uh, wow. he came to visit me on the set of uh, Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, <laughs> dude, we we were laughing for days. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. That's yeah, like what the one Oscar movie that and Lion. I missed Lion last year too. Oh, Lion's oh, Lion. good a one. Deliciously sad. You have the story of a boy uh, I'm sure I have lost it. Yeah. in the world. I'm sure I have it. I'm sure I have it. All right, let's eat our shit. Right, let's go. Let's eat it in the way. Fuck out of here. Right. Hot dog. All right, guys. Good job. Paul Walter Hauser, thank you for joining us again. Thanks for having me again. I you guys are awesome. Always a pleasure to see you. Super Troopers, too. Yeah. yeah. Super see you in too. theaters, yeah. or we'll kill you. Yeah, at some point. Here we go. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Now leaving Nerdist.com.